1, John chapter 1, and we're going to read from verse uh, 45. Your your phone, nowadays you open a phone, but uh, I don't trust the electronics. And uh, we've got an ESV version that will throw on the back there, but um, I'm going to read it to you from, from the NIV. We good? You guys? Almost sick there. So John chapter 1 from verse 45. It's the story of, of the Lord Jesus, and, and at this stage Jesus is walking around and he's gathering his disciples. He's gathering people uh, to himself. And um, I thought we could read this story, and then I, I just want to share three very simple things from the story for us, and I hope we'll keep it short, and I hope that it will be something that we can grab a hold of that will help us along our journey. So let's just see what happened here. And uh, from verse 45, it says that um, Philip found Nathaniel and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law. And about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, Here is a true Israelite in whom there is nothing false. What does it say in the ESV? In whom there is no deceit or in whom there is no guile, other translations say. How do you know me? Nathaniel asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathaniel declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You shall see greater things than that. He then added, I tell you the truth. You shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. And we'll read up to there. So it's the story where Nathaniel gets drawn into the picture of Jesus' life. And something really spectacular happens to him on that day. And what I want to talk to you about is is your story. Your story being part of Jesus' story. And how Jesus takes an individual like you and like me and draws that individual into his story. And then we will draw some conclusions from there. So the first thing that you'll notice there is that Nathaniel wants to know from Jesus, how does Jesus know him? And you'll see that Jesus actually knew some things about Nathaniel that were quite unusual. So the first thing I want to say to you And to me, this is to me, I preach to myself, is that Jesus knows you. He knows you. And we know the story of Jeremiah when in Jeremiah 1.5 it says that I knew you before. When I I put you together in the womb, I knew you. I planned you. But my question to you is, does it transform your life? Does that fundamental piece of knowledge, does it actually transform you? Are you taking the fact that Jesus wove you together in the womb, that he knew whom he was creating with all your flaws and all your idiosyncrasies and all your shortcomings, 
and all your failures that were to come in life. He knew this in advance, and yet still he made you exactly the way that he made you. That little piece of revelation, that, that piece of knowledge should fund, fundamentally govern our lives because it means that God made you the way he made you because that's the way he wanted you. Not that he wanted you to make mistakes and do dumb things, but he made you the way he made you because he planned it that way. Keep that thought for a moment. Jesus, when he says he knows you, it's something that should govern our lives. So Nathaniel wants to know from Jesus, how do you, how do you know me? And Jesus says to him, I saw you while you were sitting under the fig tree. Paul puts it this way. He says in Ephesians 13, he says, you are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus. So I want to say to you and to me this morning, you're an act of creation. You know that. Not only does John say that you were not born of, of man or of natural descent or of bloods or of human decision, you were born of God. It's an act of creation when you get recreated, when you get reborn, when you get saved. When you get born, you're woven together the way you are by God himself. He planned you. And when you get saved, when God pulls you into his kingdom, like what he's busy doing with Nathaniel, you get changed. It's an act of creation. So we are God's workmanship. You are crafted by God. You're like a model of clay that's being put together and crafted by God. That, for you and for me, should be such a revelation. It should govern the way that we live our lives. It's like my word. God made me the way I am. I don't know about you. When I look in the mirror, I am sometimes very troubled. Not the physical mirror. I don't look there anymore, don't go there anymore. But, but when I look at my shortcomings, and you who have children, you know, when you look at your children, you see your own shortcomings because you see, you see that DNA that's in your kids and their behavior. So I recognize that thing, I know it. Because that's me, it's like a mirror. <laughs> they mirror who you are. And you start seeing your own flaws and your shortcomings. When you look at your kids, you often, you often do that. I don't know about you, but sometimes this troubles me a little bit. But then I have to say, but, but God knew this in advance. Therefore, where my failures are, he will help me to correct them. And he still wants to do something with me. So I want you to notice something about Nathaniel. Jesus says to, to Nathaniel, he said, there is a true Israelite. So he says something about him. He knows something about him. There's a true Israelite in whom there is no guile. And Nathaniel's response is, how do, you, how do you know me? And Jesus says to him, I saw you under the fig tree. But initially, he's very skeptical about this business. He says, Nazareth. I mean, Galilee. Could anything good come out of Galilee? Galilee of the Gentiles, it's a really despised area within Israel, despised. And Nathaniel clearly didn't know that this had been prophesied. He doesn't know it at that point in time, but he's horrified that something good can come out of Galilee. How's this Messiah going to come out of Galilee? I mean, can any good come out of there? But notice this, he's open to the unexpected. You see that? This is very unexpected to him. He wasn't expecting 
this to come out of Galilee. And I want to say to you and to me, this is a wonderful attribute to have, is to expect the unexpected. Because when Jesus weaves you into his story, he doesn't come with the expected, he comes with the unexpected. And we, as we discussed, several of us this morning are creatures of habit. We don't like our lives to be shaken. We don't like unexpected things to happen to us because it's like, oh, what, am I, what am I going to do now? It feels like things are out of control. But that's not the way God operates. He comes with the unexpected. And Nathaniel, even though he's thrown and caught off guard, he's thrown slightly, he's open to the fact that there's an unexpected circumstance that's taking place. And he's still willing to listen. So I want to say to you and to me, we need to be open to the unexpected. If Nathaniel had been closed to the unexpected, what do you think would have happened? If he'd rejected the fact that nothing good can come out of Galilee, I, I therefore I'm not going to bother with this guy. You, who's this guy? Galilee can't be. Because you see, in their minds, the great prophet, the Messiah, who's going to rescue Israel, it should be from Jerusalem. I mean, surely that's where the Jewish parliament is. Even his own family was saying to him, come, you need to come to Jerusalem, go to the feast, because somebody who wants to be a public figure needs to go and expose himself at the temple where all the authorities and the rulers are. That's where the legislative uh, part of Israel is. He's got to expose himself there, surely, not in Galilee. But you see, Nathaniel's open to his own thinking being challenged and to circumstances not quite being what he was expecting it to be. Wonderful attribute to have. But the thing to see is that if he'd been close to that, he would have not been woven into the story of Jesus. And I'm going to show you how Nathaniel got woven into the story of Jesus, because Nathaniel is the apostle whom we believe was Bartholomew, that same apostle. And he became one of that group of 12 people that traveled around with Jesus and saw and did some really significant things uh, in his life. And um, Nathaniel got woven into the story of Jesus. Jesus wants to weave you into his story. He wants to bring you into the tapestry of his kingdom that he's busy weaving. And maybe you know that. But I, I want you to see that if you're not open to your thinking and unexpected circumstances being challenged, things being different from what you expected, then it becomes very difficult to participate in the fullness of what Jesus has for you and he has for me. And then I want you to see a couple of other things. There's a, there's a fundamental here. Maybe you've also been puzzled by this, but you can just put verse 47 and uh, vort, uh, verse 40, Verse 47, 48, and 49. You can put it. You see, he came towards me. A true Israelite, whom there's no deceit. Then carry on. Nathaniel then says to him, how do you know me? And then he answers by saying, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. And then Nathaniel says, Rabbi, you're the son of God. You're the king of Israel. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I'm not quite sure how Nathaniel made that jump. Because you saw me under a fig tree, you're the king of Israel. That, that doesn't make any sense. But you see, Jesus knew. Jesus knew that Nathaniel, and by making the statement that you are a true Israelite, 
Nathaniel had been thinking about the story of Jacob. You see, the fig tree was the place where people were praying and where they were meditating on God's word. And here Nathaniel is under a fig tree, meditating and thinking about the story of Jacob. And Jacob, as you know, is a crook. He was a great deceiver, a heel grabber. He's a rechte skirk geweest. He was a skellum. And he stole his brother's birthright. And then he went, and you know how he put some hair on, skin on his arms, and he pretended to be his brother. He was a, he was a skellum. He was a real deceiver. He was a crook. But what happens to Jacob? There's something really crazy that happens to him. And God blesses him in the extreme, and Jacob becomes Israel. And when he says, Jesus, to Nathaniel, you're a true Israelite, he's saying to him, you are not Jacob, you are Israel. And Nathaniel knows this. And that's why he says, how do you, how do you know me? How, 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 do you, how do you know this? And when Jesus says to him, I saw you under the fig tree, he realizes that Jesus knew what he was thinking. Jesus knew what he had been, had been pondering. Be pondering maybe his own shortcomings and maybe also being concerned that he was a deceitful person. And how could somebody of such great deception be blessed to such an extent? And this is the stuff he's grappling with. So firstly, I want you to see that this story that he'd been pondering, which Jesus spoke into, Jesus just brought that subtle revelation. He just gave him a little bit of a piece of revelation, reflecting on that story, which made Nathaniel realize God is speaking to me, and he really admires Jesus for being able to do that. But Nathaniel's thinking is still slightly flawed. Who of you have perfect theology? Who has a perfect understanding of God? I see some hands going up. I'm happy for you. I'll pray for you afterwards. <laughs> None of us do. Hey, we see in part. We, we really just see little snippets. Nathaniel thinks the king of Israel, the son of God, is going to be this person that's going to come and help them to rescue Israel from under the yoke of the Romans. That's really what they're still thinking. At this point, they're not quite understanding what he's saying to them. But Jesus is is in a piecemeal fashion revealing himself. But look what Nathaniel was busy doing, which is another thing I want to say to you with regards to your story being woven into the tapestry of Jesus' life. He was pondering the scriptures. Now, I do not worship the text. I don't worship the God of the text. But I want to ask you, are you meditating on what the scriptures are telling you? Are you meditating on the stories that you read of Jesus and of scripture and how it's affecting your life? What does it mean to me? How does it apply to me? When I prepare for something like this, I preach it to myself. It has to penetrate and pierce my own heart. I've got to apply it to myself. And I can tell you, I had some great wrestles yesterday at a participated in a competition, and I won't bother you with all the details, but I really grappled with some things. But I also realized that this is part of my story being woven 
into what Jesus is doing in me and for me and in my relationship with him. And I have to find what it is that it means to me. In order to do that, I've got to grapple with these things. The way Nathaniel was grappling with it. He was meditating and thinking about it. Very important to meditate and think about what the things of God are. The things that he is telling you. What it means to you. And how it applies to your own life. But Nathaniel, 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 Nathaniel in Afrikaans. Not singer, not that guy that sings. Different Nathaniel, this one. But uh, Nathaniel still doesn't quite get it. But Jesus wants to expose himself. So the third thing I, I want to say to you as part of the story of you being part of the story of Jesus is that Jesus is the answer. Now you're going to say to me, well, we kind of know that. What, where's the great revelation in that? But Jesus carries on to tell Nathaniel something really extraordinary. He says to Nathaniel, after Nathaniel had, had spoken the words of you are the son of God, you're the king of Israel. He now acknowledges that Jesus is not just some ordinary person. There's something really special about him. Perfectly human, but he's got a, he's got a really special function and a purpose to fulfill. And Nathaniel obviously wants to be part of that. But he says to him, you believe because I saw you under the fig tree. So you see, just because Jesus brought this minor revelation is like I know what you were thinking about Jacob. And I want to tell you that Jacob the deceiver became the blessed person Israel. And, and you like that, Nathaniel. Just because you grabbed a hold of that word, he said, because you believed that, I'm going to show you something that is of a magnitude that you cannot conceive right now. You will see angels coming down upon the Son of Man, coming up and going down upon the Son of Man. And what he's saying to Nathaniel is, Nathaniel, I am Jacob's ladder. I'm the ladder of Jacob. When Jacob, that crook, was lying down long before, long before he got rescued, he was lying down and he packed some stones around his head. He fell asleep. He had a dream. And he saw this ladder going all the way from earth to heaven. And he saw the angels coming down upon this ladder and going up upon this ladder. And Jesus is saying to you. And the reason I'm saying that is that he's not only talking to Nathaniel now anymore. He uses the plural. He's talking to everybody. He's talking to you and to me. And he's talking to all his disciples. He says to them, you, in the plural, you, all of you, you will see much greater things than that. I am the ladder of Jacob. So that dream that Jacob had, the crook, that became the blessed person Israel, because in that dream, God blesses him. He blesses him in the extreme. Jesus is saying to them and to you and to me, I'm going to do the same for you. Now, I'm not preaching prosperity preaching here. Because in that was, was the cross. The cross was in there too. Woven into the story of Jesus. He's saying, Nathaniel, disciples, people of Josgen this morning in Paul. I'm the one that bridges heaven and earth. And I'm going to bridge heaven and earth through a cross. Through the cross. So the cross is embedded in there. But you will see how the angels, how I form communication between God the Father and the heavenlies and earth 
And I'm going to establish that bond between the two. Now, they don't understand any of this when he's telling them that. But that's what he's really saying to them. They obviously don't get it at this point in time. Because when he gets crucified, they all run away. But I do want to say to you, that's what Jesus did. And that's what he wants to do for you and for me. So no matter what problems you have, what issues you face, what difficulties there are, what unexpected circumstances you experience, Jesus is the answer. Uh, you're going to say to me, you know that. I'm going to say to you, no, no, no. Jesus is the answer. Jesus wants to do something in that particular circumstance with you and with me. And he says, I'm going to do something much greater than you ever thought possible. Now I'll get back to the story of Bartholomew. Bartholomew and Nathaniel, whom we believe is the same person as Nathaniel. Do you know what happened to Bartholomew? Bartholomew led some major king um, to, to the Lord Jesus. He converted him, had him converted. And because of that, he was what they called flayed and decapitated. So what Bartholomew or Nathaniel got on earth for his commitment to the Lord Jesus was that they skinned him. They skinned you alive. And the intention was to keep you alive as long as possible. We want to be, things to be as painful as possible. And the decapitation is just actually mercy. Because when they decapitate you, the whole thing's over. That was the end of his life. Now, I'm not suggesting that might happen to you and to me. But I do want to say to you, when Jesus says, you're going to see much greater things than this, that there might be some difficulties in there. That's the reality of life. But Jesus did say, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And Paul could say, outwardly, I'm saying this to myself, outwardly you are wasting away, but inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. Can you imagine the conviction, the purpose you have to have to go through something like that and to still stand by your convictions? You've got to be seriously, seriously convicted about what your beliefs are. Nathaniel's faith was rock solid. He knew what he knew. And no matter what they did to him, he would not veer from that. So the Nathaniel... When Jesus said, you are a true Israelite, you're not Jacob the deceiver, you're like Jacob the blessed one. When Jesus said that to him, he knew that Nathaniel would stand rock solid up to the end. But I don't want this to be a downer. I want you to see that we live by our convictions, that Jesus brings us into his story by us being open to be caught off guard for things to be a, a little bit unexpected, and that he truly does want to bless you and me. Not maybe with a full bank account. Maybe none of us, maybe we never have lots of money. God forbid, because money, money is, a, is the root of all kinds of evil. It's a helpful commodity, though. <laughs> it's a helpful commodity. But... He does promise that he'll bless us with his presence. And I can imagine that when these apostles went through what they went through, and many of the early Christians, and even today, many people across the globe, 
are suffering tremendously, that as that happens, there will be a supernatural, supernatural, abundant, such a presence of God that it will be okay. Now, we can't relate to that really because we're quite removed from it. But Jesus promises, and he is the ladder, and he is the answer. So my, my point to you this morning is that Jesus wants to make you part of his story, and he wants to incorporate you in his story that we embrace it, that we live it out to the full, and, and that we can really, as Paul says, fulfill those things that God prepared in advance for us to do, that we could walk in them, it says. We could physically walk, walk around or live in them. The, the same word is what Paul says. That's the way we would like to live our lives. Amen? That okay? You're not depressed? Shouldn't be depressed. Jesus promises to, to bless us. Short and sweet, uh, just wanted to share that uh, little word with you. Um, and then I wanted to just uh, put it out to you. If there are people that, that need some prayer, would love to have an opportunity to pray for you. You can come to the front or we can pray uh, in groups. Or the people that, that require prayer for something, is there anybody here this morning that wants to be prayed for. God, all perfect. I, need, I always need prayer. Come pray for me. Anybody pray specifically? Anything specific? <laughs> all happy chappies. Okay, all right. So I'll just I'll give you a, a general prayer. Yes, Lord Jesus, we just want to thank you for this morning. Uh, we had a just a friendly morning, but Lord, we still want to think about you, and we want to be serious about the business of the kingdom. And uh, when we sang those songs and we said uh, that we wanted to praise your name, we were thinking about the name of Jesus. We were thinking about your nature, your character, who you are, that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, that you are the one that's gone through the heavens that we can enter this throne of grace with confidence because of what you've done, that you've gone before us. And Lord Jesus, we come with great respect and we come and we bend before you this morning. We present our morning back to you. We want to say to you, oh God, that as you weave us into the tapestry of your story, Jesus, your kingdom, that you're establishing your kingdom, you are busy rolling out your kingdom like a carpet across the universe, that we somehow you decided for us to be part of that. And we're so grateful for that, God. And I, I really pray that we don't get flayed. And maybe none of us will ever experience that. But Lord, I want to pray for your presence upon every single individual, that extreme blessing of being able to know God. Lord, I want to pray for the courage to be able to accommodate life's unexpected circumstances when when all of a sudden there's an illness that gets diagnosed that we did not expect, when all of a sudden there is a, a death in the family, when all of a sudden there is a, a loss of job or there is a loss of income, when there is maybe a, a child that something terrible happens to, or, or maybe even just people drifting away from home. Oh God, we, any and every circumstance, Lord Jesus, we just want to pray that your presence would be there. Lord, I pray that we would be people that would engage with you, uh, really engage with you and, and talk to you, that we would be the ones that would reflect upon the things that you said and are saying right now, 
and that we would, we would make them our own and we would chew on them and, and, and make them our own, oh God. We would allow it to penetrate and pierce our hearts, to change the way we think. Lord, we want to rethink. We want to repent. We want to rethink consistently as we move through life. We want to, to please you. We want to bless you. We are wanting to God's heart to be happy and to be abundantly singing and dancing over God's people. So this morning, I just pray a blessing over your people, Lord Jesus. I pray that you bless every person that got up this morning, that came here and said, I want to come and sing songs and praise my God. I want to meet with God's people. I pray that you bless those that, uh, that did that. And even those that are far off this morning, Lord Jesus, I pray that those that are far off, you'd bring them back. Bring them back, oh God. I ask that you would unveil what every single individual is expected to do for you. Those works that you prepared in advance, that you, that you foreordained, oh God, would you please make it visible and available to every single individual that we would be able to live and walk in them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Have a fantastic Sunday. Long weekend and birthdays. <laughs>